0: Hello and welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 131. Give me some personal spaces. I, your host, Ryan Spilken, am in need of personal space. And let me tell you two other folks who need some personal space as well. Brenda Burl and Matthew Stubblefield. Brenda, Matthew, do you need some space? Am I am I too close to your bubble?
1: You are way too close to my bubble.
2: Uh, Alternatively, uh, Ryan, you're welcome. You can come on over here, man. (laughs) Well, I could use some company.
0: You know, 50-50 ain't bad, folks. Not in 2021.
1: (laughs) We're off to a great start, folks.
0: (laughs) Have we started or were we just wrapping up?
2: Uh, For those of you who are uh, uh, engaged with the Atlassian community, you might have a guess at what we're going to talk about later with personal spaces. But first, let's talk about the big security story. Uh, since our last podcast, uh, with the unenviable title, Unrendered Unicode Bidirectional Override Characters in Multiple Products. Um, So this this really blew up over the last few weeks. This is not an Atlassian explicit thing. Uh, This is actually a Unicode issue. And for those of you who aren't aware, Unicode is a character set. It's sort of embedded everywhere in everything, in every
0: character, it's the oxygen of the internet, right?
2: It is kind of, it's it's yeah, it's it's like it's the it's the roads on which we drive. It's the air that we breathe. And one of the things that's come to light is it is possible to kind of trick things. I don't know if it's fair to say trick computers or people or what exactly, but you can <laughs> um, use Unicode and kind of type a character that would normally be left to right or right to left um, differently so that it's not really visible to the naked eye. And when you do this, you could then inject malware, malicious code that is not visible. And if somebody were to copy and paste that, because it's Unicode, it will get copied and pasted without you seeing it or knowing it's there. So this is a kind of insidious, like, you know, potential attack vector um, that's, that's hard to see. Uh, and, and that makes it, you know, particularly concerning and risky. So, Elassian, like damn near it, every other platform in the world, uh, has been upgrading and patching to render this code. You know, I, I open with the phrase unrendered Unicode. It's, it's what a lot of people are doing to solve this is just to render it, to make it visible. Um, so it's taking some extra steps to, to make it visible so that you can see if these bi-directional characters are there in the text and the code that you're working with. Uh, Atlassian has released updates for everything, uh, including Fisheye Crucible, which, you know, it's been like a year since we talked Didn't about Fat that Crew coming. on the podcast. Uh, yeah, even Fat Crew got an update. So um, uh, everything's getting updated. Uh, we've got an, um, the security advisory from Atlassian that we'll link to. If you have not yet upgraded your uh, Bamboo Bitbucket Confluence Jira systems that are on-prem, you really ought to look into doing this. Uh, Atlassian only um, notes it as like a medium risk um, because while this is, very concerning. you know. Um, typically, people who are using the lasting tools are using them kind of internally. So it would have to be like one of your employees doing this type of thing. But if you run a public anonymously available system, particularly one where people are posting code into it, could be a problem. Um, we're also going to link to a blog post uh, by Jamie Eklund, the inventor of ScriptRunner uh, here at Adaptivist, uh, to um, kind of explain this in a, a little bit easier to understand fashion.
0: I uh, I had the good fortune of working with Jamie to get that blog out, and so I, I actually read quite in depth on this subject. It is insidious and it's tricky and it's clever as heck, because what yeah. it, this attack can do is basically cause um, a compiler to read an instruction backwards, and that will op- that can then open up um, doors into things that you wouldn't expect. So the the rendered code that someone could have copied out of um, even our library and put into uh, a production instance could do some pretty gnarly stuff. It was something.
2: Now that said, not actually in our library, because we don't have things in in the Adaptress library that that do this, but but one of the things we will be doing, um, because we want to open that up for uh, contribution in the not too distant future. Uh, Before we do that, we will uh, improve our rendering so that if there was bidirectional Unicode, it, it would be visible. Um, which means that we're just going to be able to catch it before that happens. But um, So yeah, take a look at that. Upgrade your Atlassian products. Uh, if you are on cloud, my understanding is Atlassian has already upgraded everything there. Um, so you should be fine. Um, but you know, stay safe, people. Uh, keep an eye out.
0: from that security update and into our Atlassian Cloud updates. These are from the 25th of October to the 8th of November, and uh, feels like the Thanksgiving slowdown, the end of year slowdown is upon us yet again, because this is the shortest set of updates to the Cloud update pages that I've seen in a while. Let's start with Jira Service Management, where there is an improvement to SLA format for longer dates. Atlassian has improved, they think, the way to display the service level agreement goal times to enhance the agent experience in both the queue and issue view. The view of the SLA goal now displays the relative time and date. So it's going to display today, yesterday, tomorrow, or the exact date for completion or the breach that w- would occur if it doesn't get done. Uh, there's also a tool tip that shows hours remaining in past or past. And the percentage towards the SLA goal so that sounds like a, a fun improvement for service teams jira software gets project insights with median cycle time on the insights panel this is an update to the insights panel on the deployments page showing the median cycle time over 12 weeks where before it was only four this means the medium cycle time shown on your insights panel is now the same as the median shown on your cycle time report When we link through to this in the show notes, you'll find more on cycle time in Atlassian's documentation. Lastly, on the JIRA platform, you can now trigger Bamboo builds on release deprecation messages. In December of 2021, Atlassian will remove the option to run a Bamboo build when you release a JIRA version. Bamboo and JIRA software integrations will still work, but you're gonna need to run your builds directly in Bamboo rather than through a JIRA release less automation
2: why does seem like a odd thing i I wonder I just wonder why I don't even have a guess I don't know why they would remove this
1: granularity of roles in the release so, process I would venture to guess
0: and you both huh. you said words yeah. I know they are, I mean I know they're in English. like I
2: use this functionality I on said prim. words so in our our bamboo instance on server and we've got your software connected with it like it's nice to have this tied together. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know. It's
0: all right. We'll see, we'll, we'll see where this leads.
2: You do you Atlassian. You do you.
0: And finally, you're now able to mention users in comments from the portal request view, which I think is great. Customers can now mention with the at symbol. You know how this works. You can at somebody in the comments in a Jira cloud portal Situation. So that's more than just Jira Service Management now. That's Jira Software. Oh, I'm sorry, Jira, Jira Work Management and Jira Service Management both include this feature. So now both of them will be able to get app mentions. Don't at me about the app mentions,
2: or, or or maybe do.
0: Maybe do. because you can. You could. You could at me. At me, everybody.
1: In big news in Bitbucket Cloud, now Ryan, I know you feel like the updates are kind of thin, but there's some big ones for Bitbucket, starting with Bitbucket Cloud uh, now being hosted in AWS. So Atlassian has mentioned over the last year or so that they've been migrating Bitbucket Cloud to Micros, which is their internal cloud platform based on AWS. For the last decade or so, they've been running it in their own data center. Uh, And that worked well for a long time, but due to scale and everything, um, Atlassian has gone ahead and performed this migration. There's a lovely image of fireworks. I feel like for something (laughs) of this nature, an animated GIF of fireworks would have been appropriate, but it's a very nice image of fireworks. And a little bit in this blog post, which we will link to in the show notes, about the benefits to customers. So if you're on Bitbucket Cloud, you will have better reliability on the new platform. They say that in the past two months since the migration was actually completed, the volume of weekly support cases relating to reliability decreased 93%. So more reliable than the old hosting. More secure than ever before with cloud storage volumes providing web services access to customer source code now being encrypted at rest. Ling on the Micros platform allows Atlassian to leverage security best practices and policies enforced platform-wide, and removing data center operations from the team's responsibilities eliminates an entire class of security risk. It also improves performance. They are indicating that they have seen a 55% faster web response time compared to the start of 2020. It is one of the more technically complex projects that Atlassian has ever tackled. Um, They migrated 50 million repositories to the new cloud storage backend, replicated and moved all other data stores with traffic totaling over 200,000 queries per second. These services regularly handle over a billion daily transactions, which are redirected transparently to the new backend with zero downtime. So sounds pretty cool. Uh, There's more information in this blog post. As I mentioned, we'll link to it in the show notes. More animated fireworks, please.
2: (laughs) I want to shout out to the the Bitbucket Cloud team, everybody working on this. I mean, this is an unbelievable achievement um there have been you know some performance hits over the last couple of of years and especially the last year during this migration at published about it we've talked about it on the blog or on the podcast um but when they say they they did this fairly transparently no downtime i mean a billion daily transactions it's unbelievable so it's incredible well done everybody i wish i could take you all out for drinks and give you like balloons and cookies. This is an unbelievable achievement. Kudos to every Atlassian involved with this project.
0: What about pizza and chocolate milk?
2: But I would give them whatever whatever goodies they want. They've earned it.
1: Another big announcement from the Bitbucket Cloud team announcing the Bitbucket Cloud Migration Assistant. So for quite a while now, if you are migrating your Jira or Confluence instance to Cloud, you have had a Migration Assistant to do that. Now you can with Bitbucket as well. This allows you to automatically migrate projects and repos, all pull requests, diffs, and metadata, such as comments, users, authors, and reviewers. Users, including inactive users, so that past comments, authors, and reviewer statuses are preserved. It's worth noting that BCMA does not migrate user permissions and groups. Those will need to be set after the migration is complete. The article links to migration resources as well as a video for a demo of how this works. And if you are interested in migrating Bitbucket to Bitbucket Cloud, you will definitely want to take a look at this. So this is this is another huge achievement. So um, this is this is the second pizza party for the team um, for launching this cloud migration assistant. This is this is really going to help people that are on-prem. Get onto cloud uh, and continue to support Atlassian to drive in that direction. So, two huge achievements, massive kudos, uh, sending, sending virtual pizzas.
2: Staying in the cloud space, uh, but something a, a bit more controversial. There was a community post on October 28th from Avni Barman. She's the uh, product manager on the Confluence Cloud team, uh, announcing. That all users would be getting personal spaces on Confluence Cloud automatically. So uh, if they're a current user, any future users created, uh, everybody gets a personal space. It's just automatically created. Um, there's
1: you get a personal space, and you get a personal space, and you get a personal space.
2: I was I was like constraining my inner Oprah, but you're you're right. That was in my I head. couldn't resist. Um, uh, prior to this. This change, and this change hasn't actually happened yet, but um, the way it currently works is as an admin, you can choose to allow personal spaces or disallow them. If you don't allow them, nobody can create one. If you allow them, people can choose to create a personal space. Um, The way it will work in the future is if you don't allow them, nobody can create a personal space. If you do allow them, everyone gets a personal space automatically. At this point, this community article, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, November 10th. It has had over 11,500 views. It is one of the more viewed community posts I've seen. The first uh, discussion of this has up to 87 comments. Amongst those 87 comments, probably about six, seven, I think it was seven days later, um, Avni, the product manager, uh, came back in and wrote, Thank you for detailed feedback and responses. I've gone ahead and addressed those here. She links to an FAQ. But it doesn't actually address the concerns, which were many. There were a lot of people who are very opposed to this change. Um, their concerns are that uh, this plethora of personal spaces that will be automatically created will clog up search results. It will encourage siloing of information as opposed to collaboration as people start creating more content in personal spaces that is harder to find. It's not integrated with the teams. Um, it's a change that. Um, uh, admins can't really opt into um, one of the recommendations that I thought was particularly good was um, uh, just let us turn on or off automatic creation of personal spaces. You know, make that a toggle. So if I if I want to have automatic you know personal spaces created automatically for people, I can turn that off, but have it disabled by default. Um, so this this discussion is still going. We'll link to it on the community uh website um if you have feelings about automatic creation of personal spaces um, you can go and uh, contribute i'm seeing both partners and customers uh comment that they they don't want to see this they worry about drowning in personal spaces they worry about the maintenance of you know right now whenever somebody leaves the company um their personal space doesn't just automatically disappear if you want to deprecate it remove it you have to go manually do that now potentially you're going to have thousands of these out there and there is no automatic way to clean this up um so so management your wiki space just becomes very challenging um so yeah it's been it's been interesting to watch not a lot of communication back from Atlassian yet um we're going to be trying to get some additional comments on this or see if we can get some takes
0: uh if anyone knows Avni um, and you can connect us. We would love to have her on the pro on the show. We're not coming at this from a you know. Yeah, we'll give listening. you a chance. Come on, connect us with Avni.
2: Yeah, I I think it would be interesting to hear sort of the thought process and um
0: the the research.
2: What's happened over the last week, like the the last like ten days, um, the last twelve days since posting this, like. What are the internal conversations like? Because I've totally been in the seat where something I thought was a great idea and I put it out there and everybody goes, oh my God, no, what are you thinking? Um, but in those instances, I typically go, oh, okay, yeah, let's not do that. Let's change how we approach it. Um, but we, you know, it's been you know, 12-ish, 13 days now. Um, we haven't uh, haven't seen that rollback yet or haven't seen that, that communication. So um, if you are a Confluence Cloud user, and uh, have thoughts about personal spaces. Always feel free to mention us at Adaptivist, but you can also come out to the community site, share your thoughts with Atlassian, let them know where you're at on this.
0: And in what I promise is the actual last bit of cloud news in today's episode, are you a Microsoft Teams user? I'm not, but I know that Microsoft Teams is a competitor to Slack and offers similar features. And now the Jira Cloud app for Microsoft Teams is available. And what this app allows you to do is is basically to interact with Jira issues directly from Teams. So add the app and then turn on notifications, search for issues, create issues, View issues within a meeting, all with the new app available for free through the uh, Teams Marketplace. So yeah, have fun with that.
2: And this similarly is a, a community article as well, announcing this. Um, you know, so sticking with the, our experience of having to look in a billion different places to get news from Atlassian. Um, one thing that's cool here is people have been commenting as they try to use it. And we've got Atlassian chiming in very actively, answering questions, fixing things. That weren't working as expected. Uh, so, uh, you know, kudos to the people at Lasting who are really keeping on top of uh, this one and making sure it's working for people. I, I always think it's cool when you see the company being that that interactive and 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 like engaged.
1: And with absolutely no good segue at all we'll move over to news from on-prem um, Jira software 8.20.1. And sorry, I don't know why I did dot endpoint. point <laughs> Jira software 8.20.1 and Jira service management 4.20.1 have been released. These are fixes for the Unicode issue. We've talked about already on the podcast. Uh, Where Unicode characters allow malicious code to be hidden from a human reviewer. These are pretty important updates. So, do recommend upgrading to 8.20.1 for Jira software, 4.20.1 for Jira service management as soon as is feasible uh, to resolve that security issue.
2: Confluence 7.14.1 has the same Unicode. Uh, fix as well as a number of other bug fixes uh some tiny links not being found uh velocity templates not being rendered some performance improvements uh um some icons being misaligned so 7.14.1 um main reason to upgrade and install that is the the code character thing but you'll get some other bug fixes at the same time uh when you when you upgrade to that
1: and in Bitbucket data center and server 7.18, in addition to the Unicode character fix, an update to how you view deployment information in Bitbucket, you can now see where your code is deployed on pull requests and commits without having to go and check in your deployment tool. Uh, in the upcoming Bamboo 8.1 release, deployment projects will automatically send deployment information to Bitbucket data center for upcoming jenkins 3.1 release this will be implemented as a post build action for freestyle jobs for pipeline and multi-branch pipeline jobs it's implemented as a wrapper step so if you use jenkins those words have meaning for you (laughs) if you're using other integration tools this can be done via the deployment status api Um, http access tokens for projects and repos when you create a personal http access token it's tied to your user count Admins can now create HTTP access tokens for teams working on specific projects and repos that are not fixed to user accounts. This is really important. You can create and manage them from the project and repo settings. There's also a rename uh, in the menus of personal access tokens page to HTTP access tokens for consistency and clarity. Bitbucket seven point eighteen now includes support for running MariaDB ten point five and ten point six, and will and as of. 8.0 for Bitbucket Data Center support has been removed for Postgres 9.6, SQL Server 2012, Oracle 12CR1, and MariaDB 10.2. If you are preparing to upgrade, the article, which we will link to in the show notes, contains information on an upgrade guide in Matrix and Matrix and getting ready, along with the list of additional fixes that are in place alongside that Unicode character fix.
2: Kind of makes me sad. SQL Server 2012 was the first version of SQL Server I didn't absolutely hate.
1: Right. It it made me sad too. It's just sort of like, oh.
0: There it goes. Server 2012. Move into the farm. The first not bad SQL Server. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, for this edition of the Atlassian Ecosystem podcast, we got a little bit of news from Adaptivist. Specifically, Adaptivist's script runner for Jira on-prem. And uh it's a big bit of, I mean, it's it's not a little, it's a lot of news. Beefy. Yeah, <laughs> yummy. The, the team has released um, a literal boatload of new workflow functionality and changed the way that you access these workflow functions to make it even easier. Starting there and then talking about the functions themselves, uh, finding them is now super easy. And there's a sick GIF alert <gasps> because it shows through a series of maybe four steps, how to get all of the workflow functions from ScriptRunner in line with the ones that are built into Jira. Or when you go into a transitions properties and you edit the condition or validator or post function, you will see the ScriptRunner functions available right alongside the built-in ones. And they're just delineated with a little ScriptRunner tag. Uh, So they're all right in your right, available to you when you're working on workflows instead of having to go through the script runner menu, which is awesome. And just a little taste of some of these new functions, workflow conditions based on specific users, on groups, and on project roles are now available for conditions, validators, and workflows. JIRA regular expressions in conditions and validators. So you wanna make sure that a social security field is populated correctly or a zip code is entered the right way, you can now use a regular expression in these workflow functions to ensure that the data is being collected properly. Um, If a user is added to a particular field, you can cause additional actions to occur as well. Um, Field completion before a transition can occur is also now built into the script runner's functionality where that is not default. Uh, That's not even built into Jira. So it's now part of ScriptRunner. And all sorts of stuff for post functions as well. Comment after an issue, clear fields after a transition and more. Uh, I will point you to a blog post that has all of this information in it with several links to documentation. And we're doing another webinar, and I'm going to be a little part of this as well, with Andre Serrano, Jamie Eklund, Jess Thompson, and a host of our other engineers to introduce some of these new workflow functions, and that is on November 18th. Put that one in your diaries or calendars, uh, whichever one you want to call it. We'll link to both the article and the registration for the webinar in today's show notes.
2: And that's it for this episode of the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. As always, you can reach us on the socials at AdaptFist. Let us know if you have thoughts about these stories or there are other stories that you'd like us to talk about. Don't forget to check out our other fine podcasts. You can find them on our website, in your podcast app, maybe in the clouds in the sky, wherever it is you look for the casts of pods. So for Ryan Spoken and Brenda Burl, this is Matthew Stubblefield signing off from the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast, a member of the AdaptFist Live podcast network. Checking myself so I don't so I don't wreck myself.
0: No problem.